do want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report Podcast with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today, joining us is Cushing Core, CEO at Joint App and Mango Visa. Let's jump in and get to know Cushing. Cushing, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing really good. How are you? Not too bad. Excited you're here. Thrilled to talk with you. And we can't wait to sort of kick it off. So, Cushy, tell us a little bit about where you were born and raised. Tell us about it. Sure. So I kind of have an interesting background. I was born in India, northern India. And then right when I was born, we moved to uh, North Africa in a country called Libya. So it's right beside Egypt. I grew up for about 10 years down there. And it was really exciting. It was There was nothing to really do down there. It was 40 degree weather. Tech wasn't really available anywhere near us. There was, you know how there are computer centers in some countries, there were telephone centers because a lot of people didn't even have telephone in their houses. Mm. But we were really privileged, kind of working from down there. After that, me and my family, we moved to Canada, actually right post 9-11. And it was an interesting experience integrating within Canada, right when there were a lot of challenges kind of happening around us. So that's a little bit about my background. That's great. Tell us a little bit about your family and what was it like growing up in Canada? So when we first arrived within Canada, it was really challenging, I think, for me, because I didn't really understand the atmosphere too well. I didn't really understand the people, but it kind of did give me enough of an understanding of like, you know, like why people work the way that they do. So it helped motivate me kind of to understand like the psychology aspect of that. For my family, we really hustled, right? Like my mom and dad, they worked factory jobs right off the very beginning. My dad had to re-educate himself over mm-hmm. here. He went and he graduated, started his own company right after that as well. And so the hustle factor is definitely, it was definitely a part of our beginning. I want to come back to sort of growing up and Cushy's beginnings here in a little bit. But I want to ask you about what you're up to right now. Tell us about Joint App and tell us about Mango Visa. For sure. So Joint App and Mango Visa are essentially one company. And what we're basically doing is we're digitizing immigration for immigrants globally. And what we are working on with Joint App is we're creating technology that can help immigrants fast track and get their immigration much more quicker by helping them lower the risk of deportation and helping them lower risk of any errors that might be involved throughout that process. So a part of it, what we've launched is Mango Visa. And Mango Visa essentially is a global community hub for international students. And so what we are doing right now is really niching it down within the immigrant industry. And what we're doing is we're helping international students get the right resources, the visa tips, and the right information that they need at critical moments regarding their journey of landing within the country that they've chosen and then possibly going from international students to gaining all the way towards a permanent residency and and further. It's interesting. It sounds like a lot of tech, which is pretty cool. And are you ever surprised that you you started our discussion even talking about how there was very little tech where you grew up? Are you ever surprised about how tech you are right now? I think it just helped motivate me to understand it a lot more better, right? Like the lack of it helped me gain the experience of like that human-centric design of what Mm -hmm. it's like to live a human experience. And so when we moved to Canada, I do also feel like Canada is really behind in terms of technology. Like we're really, we barely have some of the cool things that are going on. But to be able to kind of 
see, I was able to dive in it much more quicker. Um, and I absolutely love being in tech. Yeah. How'd you get started down that path? Sure. So when I first created my company, I didn't have anyone around me that worked in tech, right? Like I didn't have any founders that were in technology. And so I had to learn my kind of way into, okay, I have this idea. I have these solutions that in my mind would work, but let me go test it out. And so the moment I would start testing it out by going to colleges and universities and talking to possible customers, I realized that this tech could be possible, right? Like what we've designed is going to be the solution that they want and is what they want. And so kind of focusing on the fact that it is possible, I started speaking with individuals and seeking out mentors and advisors. So I was able to find this one friend who was a CTO in numerous companies. He's an AI developer. He sold his companies before too in his previous life and done some really cool stuff. And so I just presented him the idea and said, Hey, is this possible? And he said, Yeah, well, let me show you then like how to create this. This is a step to step guide. And so what I did was by myself, I was able to hire developers. And we actually launched the first beta version of the app. Exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. And Kushi, what is the sort of driving force behind what you do today? What's motivating you? What do you love about, you know, what you're doing at Join App and, and Mango Visa? I think we're really redefining immigration, right? So we're really reworking what is traditionally known as very complicated, complex, and very archaic. But that's almost every startup, right? But what really differentiates us is that we are bringing in the human-centric design aspect of it. So we're combining something that people need in such a simplistic format, but powered by such powerful technology that to me, I can envision a future where people can, you know, we are creating frictionless globalization. And so I'm really motivated to see the impact of that on a mass scale and to see, you know, the cool people that that can use our technology and experience life on a greater level. So that's kind of what, what awaits me. Awesome. Awesome. And if you think about the future of the company and what maybe the next 9, 12, 15 months looks like for you, what what excites you? What's what's right around the corner for you? We're really invested within Mango Visa right now. Mango Visa is such a beautiful concept. It's so simple, but no one really knows kind of what goes on behind it, right? Like all of the cool things that we'll be putting into in terms of AI and some really cool tech. And so within the next few months, I, I do plan to kind of grow my team a lot more further within not just my main app, but within this new kind of web website that we have up and running too. So uh, growing our team and really expanding within the US as well. So we've already have our feet dived in within some of the states of the US. And so I'm really planning to replicate that process with some of the hotspots there as well. Gotcha. And I, I would imagine you get some pretty cool feedback from people that are using the app. What, like, what comments have you heard from some of the users? When we first launched the beta app, it was amazing. It, I think because I'm kind of like a perfectionist, I created something that was kind of too much, right? Too many <laughs> solutions um, in one, which in my mind, I thought it worked, right? Because I had kind of proven that by surveying and talking to my customers. And so I kind of realized that people need to know the brand by one solution that you offer. And so we're offering that solution and they were really excited. So I'm really happy that if they can get information on time, you know, that they don't get deported, that they don't 
lose their visas and have financial stress on them. So by offering them those simple solutions at the very beginning, they're extremely happy. They save thousands of dollars. Yeah. And and I would imagine, right, you start off with the simple solution at the beginning, you have a happy customer, and then you can build on top of it. So maybe that's where some of the, the other ideas that you have come into play. Not only that, I think to be able to provide that amazing value, right? You need a good team, you need money, you need funding, you need a, a really good UX experience for them too, right? Mm-hmm. And that I do, I can't deliver that on a mass scale, right? It's because we are a startup, we are early stage. And I think I'm really hopeful, right? To be able to deliver a simple solution first and then kind of tackle the bigger complex issues and, and also knowing where the challenges are, right? For example, encryption is really important, right? Especially mm-hmm. handling immigration data. So I like to create a foundation where we go step by step. She has some questions for you about some of those challenging times that you mentioned when you were growing up. And I want to ask you about, you know, sort of issues of discrimination, if you've ever encountered any issues like that. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? My family has, right? My dad is a visibly different minority. He wears a turban where we come from an Indian background. When we landed within Canada, it was like quite a few months after 9-11. And so what was going on was if you looked visibly different, you are going to be treated really bad. Mm. I remember my dad would drop me off to school, middle school. And if someone saw that he was driving a car, they would throw beer bottles at him, right? At us. That would happen right when he's dropping me off to school in the morning. So for your family, you're taking us through a, a real important time, you know, and it was profound and it had a lot of impact. How did you see your family sort of handle discrimination when faced with it? I don't think my parents knew how to handle it, right? Because no one could recognize that that was happening to us, right? If the teachers were being racist, I didn't know that they were being racist. I couldn't recognize those signs. And especially as a kid, you can't. As immigrant families, even my parents can't, right? They don't know what's happening around. They they just know that they're being left out or there are people being being aggressive towards them or there's discrimination between workplaces as well, right? So I don't think they were able to recognize that. But now looking back, we know what that was, right? But we went through those challenges and we learned step-by-step to how to deal with it ourselves. But we didn't know that that was happening to us. From all of that, how do you apply that to who you are today? And how does that shape who you are today? For sure. So now I'm like working on creating solutions that like I said, are very human centric. So we're always paying attention to like, for example, when an immigrant lands in a different country, what is their mindset? What are the things that are making them fearful? We can write, I can recognize that as a founder. When I'm speaking with them, I know what questions to ask. And so it gives me enough of the, the fact that like I can put myself in their shoes and be able to listen to them and be able to offer the solutions that are fit for them. Mm-hmm. because I have gone through that or my family has gone through it. So that communication becomes a lot more easier. And what we do is we then deliver that through technology. So we're simplifying that. Because you mentioned like seeking out mentors, going out and sort of asking and sort of learning from others. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process and how you started that? Mentorship is really tough and you have to be really careful about where you're seeking mentorship. A lot of the times I realized when I first started was mentorship could be wrong too. And, and sometimes mentorship, you don't need that type at the stage that you're at. You need someone who understands you in the stage that you're at. So if you're a young founder, it's important that you reach out to those that are not 
going to tell you go from A to Z. You need someone to tell you how to go from A to B, right? Mm, good point. And someone that can spend that time with you and break down that process is really important. It's really beautiful to have a mentor that's the CEO of a billion dollar company, right? But is that person really going to help you? No, not really. So I think it's best to start seeking mentorship of founders who have reached from just maybe two steps ahead of you and find out how they were able to do that because then you'll be able to create the right foundation for yourself, that stepping stone and achievable goals. So I've always seeked kind of mentorship within tech, but I've always been starry-eyed when I would find mentors who are female founders in tech. And I think that's really tough to find, especially if you're going to try to seek people of color within tech. And as a female founder, that's a bit more complex, but um, I'm really thankful that I have those mentors now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Curious to know if someone approached you and they were looking to start their own company in technology, what would be some advice you would give a future founder? Save your money and try to create solutions in the lowest cost, the lowest possible form of that solution first, right? You have an idea. Tech is expensive unless you have the right team beside you. And so typically founders, they don't have the right team beside them. So what happens is that you need to model out your solution on paper first. Go and talk to your customers, validate that that idea is possible, that that problem that you're you know, solving is something that's actually wanted without you actually telling that person, hey, I recognize this problem. No, you have to let them say, hey, this is my problem. And in your head, you're going like, yes, I'm creating that solution. It's happening. So until you can verify and validate that, don't invest your money into that. Mm. Because with tech, you can go all in and it is expensive to maintain. Gotcha. Gotcha. How important is networking to you in terms of growing your, your business? And the reason why I ask is because you and I met in Clubhouse through a mutual connection, Walter Gear. And so I know you're heavy onto Clubhouse and so am I. And so curious to know from a, just a pure networking perspective, how important is that to you in terms of helping grow your business? In the startup industry, network is everything. You can save so much time just through your network. Walt Gear is an amazing individual. I look up to him. His work is really impressive. And I'm really kind of happy that I'm I'm kind of connected to him and we connected through there too, right? Right. right. And so I do think it's highly important because a lot of startup ideas can sometimes die when you don't have enough funding or you don't have enough support around you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think one cool way to start is use LinkedIn. If you're a student, use your professors and ask your friends to introduce you to different people that they look up to or, or their network connections. So definitely ask around for help and say, hey, these are my challenges. Do you know anyone that I can speak to that can get on a really short call with me to answer these questions for me? And it, ha it has to be really short, right? And so ask yeah. for like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, I remember when I was first starting out, I, I emailed someone, well, I messaged them on LinkedIn and I basically said, can I have two minutes of your time? And the guy responds to me back saying like, I know it's not going to be two minutes, but let's set up a call for 10 minutes. <laughs> love it. So, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. What are you reading these days? What do you do to sort of stay informed either related to tech or, or other industries? I don't necessarily... I don't have time to read, unfortunately, because I'm always building and, and, and executing. Yeah. Um, but I love, I, I love looking at and reading about people's biographies. 
looking at the work they've done, I'm really, I take a lot of inspiration from people like Nikola Tesla. Mm. He is so cool. He, he's just, every time I read anything about him, I'm just, I'm left like I breathless. So I always look for inspiration from people and individuals like that. But in terms of tech, I'm speaking to other founders on, on a daily basis. And so I'm really kind of in the area of like where I need to gain information from. So that's how I. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Fun question. Now I love asking every guest that we have on the podcast, which is give me the top three apps that you use on your phone on a regular basis, but you can't name email, calendar, or text messaging. LinkedIn. Gotcha. Netflix. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Amazon Prime. All right. All right. You got to order some stuff. You got to watch shows and you got to network. There we go. <laughs> well, Kushi, thank you so much for joining us. And a lot of our listeners like to stay in touch and reach out to some of our guests. What's the best way for our audience to do that? How can they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us. And thanks for joining us for another great episode. And you can find more where you find all of your audio and video. Just search Minority Report Podcast and look for the logo.